Hi, this is Joey Brannon. Welcome to the Axiom Podcast. Today, I am solo. Uh, This is one of our shorter episodes. We're not doing an interview today. And I'm on my own because all of my colleagues are out making a living, working hard. And uh, it's up to me to come up with the topic today. So I was talking with Gina, who uh, handles our marketing communications and helps us put the podcasts and the videos and the blog posts together that we do. And she and I were talking about uh, some things that have been coming up recently in our work with clients. And those are always good uh, places to to mine uh, content for, for episodes like this, where we can talk a little bit more in depth about something that we are seeing in practice. And the fact that we're seeing it in practice means that it's probably relevant to a whole lot of business owners. If we're seeing this in three, four, five cases, then it probably has broad applicability. And that's kind of the story of all the stuff that we use. We, you know, we, we steal a lot of great ideas. We're going to talk about ideas today that, that come from Vern Harnish, that come from Gina Wickman, that come from Three Hagway. And we take this stuff and we go, this, this sounds really good. Uh, we, we'd like to try this. Um, usually we, we use ourselves as a test bed. So we try a lot of stuff uh, here where it's kind of low risk and, and we can see if it works for our team. But we're a small team and sometimes not all that stuff is applicable. Sometimes it's tools for bigger teams. And so we put it to use if we have a, a fair amount of confidence in it after a trial run or two. We'll put it to use in clients and we'll see what works. And a lot of times maybe... 30, 40, 50%, sometimes if we're lucky, 60, 70% of a particular approach or tool or, or practice will work. And what we wind up doing is stripping away a lot of the stuff that's superfluous. So that's kind of the case today. And we're talking today about same-page meetings. It's a podcast, so you get to see the title of the episode, and the title of the episode is going to have same-page meetings in it. So you, you have some sense of what that is. But what we're talking about are same-page meetings where we're trying to get the owners on the same page as the person whom they have charged with leading the business. So this doesn't apply in every business because there are a lot of places where the owner is the one responsible for running the business. So we'll talk a little bit about that later on. And... Um, and this is a tool that can really help for more mature businesses where those owners are starting to take a more passive role. But before we get there, I want to address, we call these same page meetings and their, their genesis for us uh, was probably the, the same place. A lot of, a lot of people uh, first heard of same page meetings or, or, or the concept of a same page meeting that comes out of a book called traction by Gina Wickman, which we like a lot. Uh, we, we like a lot of the ideas in there and the practice of traction. Uh, we don't like, so just full transparency and disclosure. We do things a little bit differently, um, specifically, uh, for all the, the, uh, EOS implementers out there. Um, you know, we're kind of in the same business, you know, we're, you're helping businesses grow, we're helping businesses grow, but we, we just don't feel like that model works very well, specifically having us come in on a quarterly basis. It just doesn't feel like we've, I tried that the first, the first go around when I was building a consulting practice, all of my engagements were quarterly and yeah, we would do stuff in the interim, but it doesn't work. So I'll just get that out of the way and say, we like this idea it comes out of a book called traction, but we're not tracked. We're not EOS implementers. We're not traction disciples. Uh, we take the stuff that we find in, in great books like Wickman's and um, 
and we use it. And he wrote another great book called Rocket Fuel, and I, and I like this one a lot. And the Rocket Fuel book piggybacks off of a lot of the traction principles uh, or the things that were introduced in traction, but it really hones in on the relationship between the the visionary, uh, you know, the driver of the business, and the implementer or the integrator. I can't remember exactly how they're they're termed, but you know, there's a lot of famous examples of this, and uh, in in big businesses, you know, Warren Buffett has Charlie Munger. That's probably the greatest, you know, number one, number two combo uh, in contemporary business today. And the one who is the visionary is the one who's saying, like, this is this is where we're going. This is where the industry's heading. This is where the business model needs to go. And the integrator or the implementer is the person who just has to make sure it all happens. And, and they, they thrive in that role. And great visionaries need good implementers, integrators, and, and great integrators. They need somebody who's going to to set a, a bold vision that they can sink their teeth in bec- into because their time, talents, and abilities are such that they only want to spend things on uh, spend their time on things that are truly worthwhile from a professional capacity standpoint. So these two groups need each other, and Wickman says that one of the things that they have to have is a same-page meeting once a month where they can both get on the same page. And so that is that is the idea, uh, and that's where this comes from. And in their context, in Wickman's context, it's that meeting between the visionary and the implementer. And we we would say, yes, of course. Of course, if you have a visionary who is, say, the CEO of the company or the chairman of the board of the company or whatever, and, then, and you had an integrator, implementer, who was the president or the, the COO or the VP of operations or the general manager, of course, of course you would want those people to sit down once a month and have a face-to-face meeting to talk about what was going on. Uh, but we have that already. It, in every single business where, where we, you know, we get involved and they're using our model of, of strategic planning execution, those meetings exist. They're called one-to-ones, and you've probably heard us talk to them until you're blue in the face. And one-to-ones are those meetings between a leader and that leader's direct report where it, a few things happen. There's really, really, there's just two questions, two fundamental questions. First question is, how are you doing? Now, that question can have two parts to it. Uh, and most business, small business relationships, there's a personal component to that. Meaning, when I say, how are you doing? I mean, hey, like you come into my office or we go out for lunch or, or we go sit in the conference room or maybe we go for a walk. And I say, how are you doing? And I'm, I'm not talking about... Are your projects on time? I'm not talking about are your revenue numbers where they need to be. I'm not talking about KPIs and metrics. I'm saying, how are you as a person doing? And in most small business professional relationships, there's going to be a fair amount of personal disclosure. Like, we want to get to know each other. These are our friends. They're not just our coworkers. And the person that I have, you know, running my company as a small business owner, I'm genuinely interested in how they're doing. So, how are you doing has the personal component first, and then eventually that gets over into, well, how are, you, how are you doing at work? How are you doing here? And I really like the way, um, I guess John Doerr, Jim Doerr, who wrote uh, uh, Measure What Matters, another great book that we have stolen liberally from in terms of ideas that make a difference in our consulting practice for clients, and this whole idea of objectives and key results where 
you're you're setting we call these in our, if you're a client of ours we call these 90 day priorities so you're setting these 90 day priorities and you've got goals attached to them or, or key results attached to them very kind of measurable things and at some point when the when the conversation turns over to how are you doing at work one of the things that we want to talk about is you know like how's your how are your priorities going are you stuck on anything is there anything you need my help with is there anything that you need to stand back and just talk about and maybe process verbally have something to, somebody to bounce things off of and and see if you're on the right track uh, but the biggest question like are you you know are you stuck on anything is there anything I can help you with and then when when we get to the second question so that's the how are you doing part a and part b how are you doing personally how are you doing professionally you know are you stuck on anything at work that i can help you with and we get to that the second main question which is what is my job as your leader over the next 30 days so that your work is more effective efficient more fulfilling and when when we ask that as a leader, we're putting ourselves in the position where we know that it's our primary responsibility is to make other people in, that work alongside us successful. That is your job as a leader. Right? So I, I went into a little bit of a, a rabbit trail and talked specifically about one-to-ones and even talked about the agenda where, where that we use during one-to-ones because... I want to distinguish what we're talking about as the same page meeting from what Wickman talks about in Rocket Fuel, that book about visionaries integrators, that is the same page meeting. Because for us, that would be a one-to-one. It's just plain and simple. Like the one, you should have an opportunity if, if you're the business owner and and you're you've kind of handed off a good chunk of the day-to-day responsibility. Uh, but you're still in the business. You still work in the business 40 hours a week or 50 hours a week or 30 hours a week. You're actively engaged in the business. And maybe you've handed over, we see this quite a lot, you've handed over, say, everything but marketing or everything but advertising and marketing because you're the face of the business. Um, you know, you're the one who's doing the television commercials. You're the one who's approving new website designs, and that's your baby. But there's somebody else that's responsible for all the, the day-to-day operations, and you should be having a one-to-one with that person where you ask these questions. Now, when we talk about our same page meetings, if they're not one-to-ones between a visionary and an integrator, what are they? Well, we, where we see these come into play is when we have owners or founders who are who have hired kind of professional management was what we'll call it. That's kind of the textbook term for it. But let's say that uh, I'm the owner and I'm getting ready to retire or maybe I want to retire but I'm going to partially retire and I'm going to cut my work hours back and I'm going to hire a general manager. And I'm still going to be responsible for some of the bigger things like um, – you know, managing the the bigger risks of the company. So, you know, I'm the one who's going to meet with our insurance agents. I'm the one who's going to um, take charge of, of discussions about renewing policies or expanding coverage or even big strategic decisions like moving into new markets or more new geographies. Um, capital investment, I may still say, you know, I want to say in whether we buy new equipment or sell new equipment or if we're going to incur debt, obviously, you know, I'm, I'm going to be part of that conversation, maybe even the key decision maker. But in terms of the general day-to-day operations of the business, I'm going to hand that off. So customer complaints, no matter how big, no matter how small, that's somebody else's responsibility. Um, hiring and firing decisions, 
That's somebody else's responsibility. Um, to a large extent, financial performance, you know, especially gross profit, profit performance, I'm going to hand that responsibility off to somebody else. And oftentimes, these people, they're, not, they're, they're hired. They're professionals. That's what they get paid to do. They're not investors. They're not investing their capital in the business. They're not buying a portion of the business. They're not being granted necessarily shares in the business, although they may be given some performance compensation packages that, that incentivize them to, to take charge of performance. But for the most part, they're going to get a paycheck to run day-to-day operations. And for the first time, we have the owners handing this stuff off. Now, why, why, are there, why can't we do this in the one-to-ones? Well, typically, what we find is that it's not just one person who's handing that stuff off. It could, it's probably two owners, three owners, four owners who are now handing this responsibility over. The other side of it is that let's say it is just one owner who is deciding to become more passive and they're going to hand this off. Well, the idea of a one-to-one, our clients know it does not count as a one-to-one unless it's on the calendar. It has a, a monthly recurrence, so it recurs every month on the same you know, day of the week every month, so second Thursday, second Tuesday, whatever that is. And it had the recurrence has no end date. Like we, this is just part of the routine. On the second Thursday morning of every month, we're having your one to one. Well, if you are getting to a phase where you're going to step out of the business and have a little bit more passive role, even if you're the only owner, you may not be available the second Thursday. That's kind of the whole point. You're like, well, I want to be fishing on on some of those Thursdays, or I'm going to take a two-week vacation, and I don't want to have to worry about scheduling that to keep that one-to-one intact. So in, in those cases, uh, it has to be a little bit more fluid. It has to be a little bit more flexible. But the main point is that when we come together in a in a one-to-one situation, most of the time we find that the leader really has to push that question of what do you need from me. And when we get to the same page meeting where we have a general manager now who's been charged with running the business, they really uh, don't have to do that. They come knowing exactly what they want from the business owner. They have some very clear ideas. They're looking for buy-in for this, that, or the other. They're looking for support. They're looking for other things that they can um, you know, resources that they're going to need to be successful. And they look at this opportunity as uh, this is when I have access to the business owner and I can go ask for those things. The thing that we often have to press is uh, for the business owners is give this person a clear indication in your eyes of how they're doing. And that's not something that we typically have to press in the one-to-one. So when we have one-to-ones, we have a hard time getting the employee to tell the, the, the leader, here's what I need. But we don't have a hard time at all with the leader telling the employee, here's, here's what I need from you. And the roles are typically reversed when we get to the same page meeting with the owner or multiple owners and a GM, where they have a very hard time um, that the owners have a hard time saying, here's what we think of your performance, and the GM has no problem whatsoever saying, here's what I need. So the other th- a couple other things I'll say about the one-to-ones, um, like the biggest difference uh, is, is that, like I said, there's usually two or three owners who are meeting with this individual. And I'd say it needs to be quarterly. We'll kind of get into some other tips. I'm sorry, monthly. We'll get into some other tips. But if you have three or four, 
um, usually you scale back the, the um, frequency to quarterly. And it's just because getting three or four passive owners together or semi-passive owners together, sometimes that can be a big chore on a monthly basis. And once we establish the rhythm, quarterly is probably often enough for them to get that access to the owners and for the owners to be uh, able to give the feedback. The other thing about uh, the one-to-ones and the difference between the one-to-ones and the same page meeting is that the the one-to-ones, um, again, we're not able to give feed, but the group is not able to give feedback. Um, that that doesn't happen. So you might have a situation where we've got owners uh, who are all in a, a leadership team together with some other people, and that general manager is in the room as well. And it's very difficult for them to give the general manager candid feedback in any of the contexts where we might be meeting as a leadership team. So we've got we've got not only the general manager and some owners in there, but we've also got a sales manager, we've got a CFO, uh, we've got a service manager or an operations manager. And then you've got the general manager, vice president, who's the, the person who's been charged with running the business, and you've got a, a couple of owners in there. And it's impossible for them to speak as candidly as they need to speak or, or maybe to point out blind spots or to challenge assumptions that are being made in those leadership team meetings without undermining the credibility of the person that they've charged with running the business. So the same page meeting gives them this venue where they can – they can uh, take the person who's been given the mandate for company performance and make sure that their interests are also being addressed. It's a place where they can speak very candidly about challenges that they're seeing on the leadership team. It's also a place where that general manager can speak very candidly about any sacred cows that, that he or she sees are not being addressed. Um, it's also a place where that person can speak very candidly about cultural roadblocks that are getting in the way of the things that they're trying to accomplish. And they can push the owners for their support. They can kind of lobby, say, hey, if you want us to accomplish this, and I know you do because this is the charge that you gave me, then I'm going to need you to, to weigh in here a little bit more heavily than you have been. And they don't have to, and, the, and when the owners speak, and they can give some very clear, very candid feedback about how they feel like that general manager is performing, and they don't have to um, worry about any of that undermining of authority that might happen if there were other people involved. So how do you do it? Um, like I said, once a month it would be my preference, and we do these once a month with several clients. Uh, we've got different levels of uh, succession or transition happening, and for the first time uh, the business has brought in, maybe not for the first time, but the, the business has brought in somebody uh, who's kind of charged with day-in, day-out operations. And there's really, when we think about these these types of positions, there's really not much in the business that's not their responsibility. And there's virtually zero in the business, zero big decisions in the business, that if it's not directly their responsibility to make the decision, they are at least consulted on the decision before it's made by the owners. And so when we when we get together like once a month is, is a pretty good cadence for that. Like I said, if you have multiple owners and the scheduling just tends to be um, too difficult because of people's travel schedules and availability, maybe you can get by with quarterly. But I think you ought to start with monthly because you can get a lot of reps in on a monthly basis and work out the kinks pretty quickly. Each side 
can have their own agenda. It doesn't necessarily have to be formal, but it should be clear who's going when. So what that means is when we come in and we kind of go through the particulars of, you know, so how's everybody doing? Uh, you know, we're good today. It's 10 o'clock. We're good until lunch. Anybody want to grab lunch afterwards? Uh, okay, sounds good. All right, let's get started. Who wants to start? And the... the GM can start. I, I keep using GM as the non-owner, and that's just, it doesn't have to be a general manager. It could be an operations manager. It could be a president. It could be manager. It doesn't really matter what the title is, but when I say GM, I'm saying that non-owner professional manager who's been brought in. So we have to decide who's going first. Is the GM going to go first with their list, or are the owners going to start with their list? I don't really think it matters at this level of the game. Um, Everybody is highly competent, or they wouldn't be in the room. The owners wouldn't be owners of a multi-million dollar business if if they weren't pretty smart and competent. The general manager would not have been hired if she were not highly competent. And so it doesn't matter who goes first, who goes second. Usually there's just a ton of back and forth, right? So, But somebody has to kick things off, so who wants to go first? And we usually, I'd say... In 90% of the cases, we start with the general manager because they're, again, it's kind of their meeting. It's a place where they can come and say, here's what I need from you. Here's, as the owners, here's where my priorities are, and here's your role in achieving those priorities. So usually it's the general manager who goes first. Um, once that's done, they can, um, they can kind of seed the table. There's going to be, like I said, there's going to be a lot of back and forth, but at some point, um, and we need to make sure, hey, owners, is there anything that you guys had on your agenda, any items that you had written down ahead of time or that have come up during this discussion that you need to let Mr. and Ms. General Manager know before we go? Well, let's get that on the table. And if they say nothing, they're, they're probably not it's, – it's probably not a good enough meeting, right? If they say there's nothing – if there's not one more thing, or if there's not something, or there's some sw- small list of things that they need to bring to the GM's attention, then uh, that's not good. They're probably not being honest with the general manager, maybe not being honest with themselves about how they feel about their performance. Because, again, these are highly competent people. It's unusual that they would have zero input into the job somebody else is doing running their baby unless they're just not comfortable enough to say those things. And that's, you know, we'll get to that in a second, but that's part of the the problem is, you know, we need to make sure that both sides are being honest with each other. Anything that's being discussed really has to be highly action-oriented. There's very little use in just providing information. So um, a lot of times if we have a general manager who's not performing that person will come in and basically give a general manager's report, which is another way of saying they talk, 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 trying to use up the hour or hour and a half or two hours or however much time is allotted so that there aren't any um, uncomfortable questions raised that they're not willing to answer. Now, if that's what you're experiencing, it could just be that the person doesn't know. Like, what is, what is the goal of this meeting? The goal of the meeting is for that general manager to get the things that they need from the owners to be successful. And the secondary goal is for the owners to be able to share with the general manager very candidly and openly and transparently any things that they're saying that they're not that happy with or that aren't measuring up to their expectation. So 
There needs to be uh, some information being shared to provide context, but ultimately what we want to do is make decisions. So everything has to be action-oriented. What are we going to do about this? If all we're doing is sharing information, it's probably a waste of time. And it probably points to some insecurity on the part of the GM uh, where they don't don't necessarily want to leave time for questions to be asked. Um, Let me see what else do I have in my notes here. So it must be highly action-oriented. Uh, basically, we're talking about three parts. So there's the general manager's ad- agenda, there's the owner's agenda, and then there's any follow-up items from the last meeting that we haven't already covered. So this goes back to the action orientation. We met 30 days ago, and this is the other reason why I'm really a big fan of every 30 days instead of every 90 days. If we met 30 days ago, we made some decisions. There were some next actions that needed to be taken on those decisions, and those actions have either been taken or they haven't. And in 30 days, there really aren't a whole lot of excuses. You can lose sight of it. You can forget about it. You could have failed to write it down. But again, these are highly competent people, right? They didn't get there by forgetting to do things once they, once they made commitments. So hopefully... Everybody, once they make a decision, they say, this is what I'm going to do. This is my part of that. They write it down in their list. They take action. We come back the next month. And at some point, the question, everybody knows the question is going to be asked, did we get this done? This thing that was decided last month, did that get done? And and we know who should have done it. Um, So the follow-up from the last meeting, there are going to be times when we go through this meeting and we'll be taking off. Some of the agenda is actually going to be the decisions that were made last meeting. That's just, that's very normal. The things that are going to be on the general manager's list are follow-up from the things that have already been decided. Because these are running themes. Again, this is the general manager's 90-day priorities that are kind of the focus of this. And so they're going to, they're still working on those 90-day priorities. And when they ask the owners for something, you know, they expected to get it so that they could be successful in their 90-day priority. So the follow-up from the last meeting, there's going to be a lot of continuity between last meeting and this meeting. But... There's also going to be times when something fell through the cracks, and they usually tend to be smaller ancillary issues of, you know, hey, um, last time we met, you know, I told you uh, it would really help me if I had a different company credit card, Um, you know, whatever, with a higher limit or I don't know, but I'm just making stuff up. And, uh, you know, do you know where that's at? Is there somebody I should follow up with that, right? It's not anything that's important to the 90-day priority, but it's a little piece of access to the owners and a request that the GM had, and we're following up to make sure that nothing falls through the cracks, right? So the last thing that I'll say, uh, so again, is a super simple agenda. One one, one, One party goes, then the other party goes. We make sure that nothing's fallen through the cracks. We follow up on items from from last month to make sure that that happens. And then um, we do a synopsis synopsis covering what was discovered what was discussed and and the decisions that were made. that's That's kind of the to-do list that comes out of that meeting. Again, it doesn't have to be super formal, but you know you need to record this stuff. otherwise people do forget. Nobody's going to remember thirty days from now everything that was discussed, and it helps to go back to those notes and just say, "Hey, are we making progress on this thing if it was important enough for us to spend our time last month talking about it ought to still be important today. It, you know how are we doing on that, or did we get all the things done that we talked about? Now, the last thing that I'll say uh, is I really would like businesses who buy into this idea of having a same-page meeting between owners and non-owners who are responsible for running the business is that they 
look for somebody to facilitate that. And the reason for that is because it's very, very common for stuff to get swept under the rug in these meetings. There are going to be some uncomfortable things. There are going to be some uncomfortable topics. There are going to be some blind spots with the, the general manager. There's going to be some passive-aggressive behavior by the owners. There's going to be uh, a reluctance to follow through or a lack of buy-in in some cases that nobody's really going to own up to. And because it's such a sensitive issue, there's going, to be, there's going to be stuff with family members who are in the business that the general manager is having some issues with. Right? There's going to be all these uncomfortable issues. And depending on the kind of day you're having or the sensitivity of the issue or both, everybody in the room is going to be perfectly happy to sweep that sucker under the rug and not deal with it today. And a facilitator is going to see this going on. This is what we do, right? So we see this going on, and we're like, hey, can we, can we call a timeout here, and can I drag the 800-pound gorilla out of the corner of the room and put them on the, middle of the, on the middle of the conference table so we can just talk about this? Because it seems like you guys are kind of ignoring this issue. And everybody's like, oh, my God, he's going to make us, he's going to make us do it. He's going to make us talk. He's going to make us make a decision. And that's healthy, uh, if that's not happening, if you're having stuff swept under the rug, everybody knows it. Everybody knows that that's an issue you're trying to stay away from. Everybody knows that's a hot button that you don't want to press. And it's undermining your credibility. It's also just undermining the effectiveness of the relationship where one person is being charged to run the business. And whichever situation it is, whether they're holding out or whether the owners are holding out, it's kind of like having a general manager whose hands are tied behind their back and they really can't get the job done that you're asking them to do, either because they won't do it or because they won't be given the tools to do it. Um, a facilitator doesn't have any skin in that game. Like the worst thing that can happen to a facilitator is that you'll fire them and they'll go out and find another client to replace the revenue. Right? It's not going to be the end of their world. It's not going to be the end of their business. It's not going to, it's, they're not going to jeopardize the health of the business and the relationship by sitting on information for a few thousand dollars a month. It doesn't make any sense. Sooner or later, if you do have somebody like that, sooner or later, they're going to get fired. Right? So why, why risk uh, a really good relationship? Why risk the health of the business uh, to forestall getting fired maybe a couple more months and, and collect a few thousand more dollars. So facil good facilitators just aren't going to do that. So it's better that you spend a little bit of money to have somebody who can force the issue come in. And that person can also play referee when things get heated. And eventually they will. Now, the, the great thing about these same page meetings is that if you will do them, they will actually keep things from overheating we will have situations where we see something that's been taken the wrong way or something that's been miscommunicated or something that's been mishandled by either side and the other side is just chewing on it and chewing on it and chewing on it and they can't stop chewing on it until we drag it out of the corner of the room and put it on the table and say we have to deal with this issue. But when that happens, we're talking about chewing on it for maybe 30 or 60 or 90 days. And when we have to deal with it after 30 or 60 or 90 days, or maybe even 180 days, it's a hell of a lot easier than dealing with something that you've been sitting on for a year or two or three years that ultimately kind of becomes the reason that you start to look for other 
evidence that this isn't working out and you got to move on, right? And, and a great relationship can be torn apart because somebody took something the wrong way and there was nobody in the room to force both sides to just deal with it before it became something way, way bigger than it needed to be. So a, a referee in the room is something that really can help preserve the relationship, which is great for for everybody who's all the individuals in the room it's also great for the business and it's also really good for all the people who aren't in the room and that is one of our primary goals is that when we get uh, leaders in a room when we get business owners and general managers when we get owners and non-owners when we get leadership team members in a room that we do really good work on behalf of all the people who aren't in the room And we think that same-page meetings between owners and non-owners are a huge part of that. So I hope you found it helpful, and we'll see you next week.